0: Live from Door Village United Methodist Church in La Porte, Indiana. God of infinite love and grace, we come to you ever thankful for this place of worship and this time of prayer. We offer our thanks for our family gathered here and ask that the healing presence of your Holy Spirit be with those in our family who are ill who are homebound and with those who mourn with a sorrow too deep for words we acknowledge O oh God that our faith binds us to each other and to that which is holy in you and yet we confess that there are some people to whom we do not feel bound. We confess that there are times when we build walls instead of opening doors with the presence of your Spirit, with the power of your Spirit and in the Spirit of your love. We turn a deaf ear to those in pain or in need of our counsel because we are too busy to open the doors of our hearts. And sometimes when we listen, we listen poorly. We talk when we should be silent and we become mute. When we should use our voices to break down barriers with the power of the life transforming message of the gospel of your son. Break down the walls of our apathy and Reluctant resistance, O God. To do what you would have us to do. However, we thank you for our family gathered here. And those gathered in your presence. Help us to catch a vision of what we are to be because of what they were. Open our hearts to the strengthening presence of all who love us in this life and beyond. Enter into our hearts that we might be moved to walk with Jesus wherever we are led. For it is in His name that we pray as we say the prayer He taught His disciples. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, end our sermon series on stewardship, whiny stewards, if you will. Uh, a, a title I thought was cutesy in the beginning, but really doesn't have anything to do with the subject matter, which is really stewardship and understanding how stewardship is a fuller measure of our faith. Now, they're not in your bulletins, but as you leave today, this week is sort of where to speak the rubber meets the road. and, and as uh, as we as a church and a, a, a finance committee as we, we consider 2016 and and the ministry of the church as a whole there, um, we're asking for, uh, uh, we have some pledge cards available as you leave today. And over the next few weeks we're going to be collecting those so that the finance committee and the ad board can make decisions about budgets as far as 2016 goes. But, uh, but this message today having to do with the gifts portion of the the membership vows that we take as, as United Method. When we join a United Methodist Church, um, that's sort of part of it. Now, I can guarantee you that no pastor, and I've said this before, no pastor graduates seminary hoping that they give just a blockbuster sermon on stewardship of your wallets we would much rather be giving a stewardship sermon uh, i'm sorry we would much rather be giving a sermon on the life-changing message of the gospel of jesus christ uh... solely rather than some of uh, rather than this issue In particular however as a full measure of our faith as a full measure of our relationship with God stewardship is certainly a measure we need to take into consideration and so as we begin the final sermon in this series the scripture reading for this morning is Deuteronomy chapter 16 verse 17 which is part of what I sort of have built up as, as a principle, I think, and I 'll explain a little bit more about this. The, the principle of stewardship as found uh, in Scripture, but Deuteronomy 16:17 says, "Each one should have his gift in hand in precise measure with the blessing the Lord your God gives you. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Now there was a shipwreck. Two men were shipwrecked, stranded on a deserted island. And the first man was extremely distraught about the state of things. They had no food. They had no water. They had nothing to survive on. He's going crazy. What are we going to do? We're doomed. I tell you, we are doomed. Second man is much more calm. In fact, he takes residence underneath the light shade of one of the palm trees located on the desert island. The first man is apoplectic about the state of the second man. Are you kidding me? We are doomed. We have nothing on which to survive. We are going to die. Why aren't you more serious about, our, about the state of things? And he says, you know what? I make $100,000 a week. I think I'm going to be just fine. The first man goes, Well, what does that have to do with anything? That's not going to save you now. There is no one, no one and nothing out here that's going to save us. And then the second man, you didn't let me finish. I make $100,000 a week, and I tithe faithfully on that $100,000 a week every week. So my pastor is going to find me in no time flat. Let me promise you, that, that, that story is certainly funny, that's certainly why I started out this morning, but to be sure if you, if any of you were shipwrecked on a deserted island, I would be concerned. And you and your family would have my unending prayers and support during that time. I, however, would not come looking for you for two reasons. The first of which is I am not trained in search and rescue, and would probably be more uh, more harm would do more harm than good to your particular state and the possibility of you being rescued. Number two, it has nothing to do your rescue or has nothing to do or this topic. Stewardship has nothing to do with how to properly understand stewardship and how it lines up with a full measure of our faith, or how we live a faithful Christian life. And that's sort of as we begin this third of our three-week series on stewardship, we're talking about what stewardship means, how it affects every facet of our life, and how it is included in a full measure of our faith. We started out the first week talking about our story. Or, I'm sorry, our witness and how that is and how our stewardship of our witness or our story is just as important as any other aspect of stewardship. Now, I'll remind you that there, not every one of us gathered here this morning is an official member of this United Methodist Church or any United Methodist Church. You may be a member of another church or you may not be a member of the church yet. But uh, when you do take membership vows, you vow to support the community of faith. You vow to support the church in five specific ways. You vow to support the church through your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, And your witness. Now, for this particular sermon series, we're not covering prayers, and we're not covering service. Prayers is sort of understood, and service you've heard me preach about a lot over the past year. And so, I thought I'd give you a break in this specific uh, in this specific sermon series. However, we are covering the first of which was our witness or our story. You see, in each of our lives, God has been working a story that has had transformative power in our lives or has meant something to us in our lives. See, the problem is a lot of times we place a value on our story that is totally different than what is intended. Say, say we've lived a, a life in the church our whole lives from birth to birth. To now, we have lived as part of the church. We've known nothing else in our lives. And so, it is a bit of nature to think or consider that our story wouldn't really be compelling to someone. However, when God's presence, when you are in a relationship with God and God's presence has been with you, you have been changed and transformed in some way. And that means something to you. And nowadays, when, when Bible thumping has become more white noise than anything else, when people find it very easy to ignore you when you choose to thump your Bibles upside their heads rather than building a relationship with you, they turn that into white noise. What people care about is, or engage with most, is your story. Which makes stewardship of our witness or our story all that more important. All that much more important. So we need to be sharing that story and understanding that story so we can share that story. And the second, uh, the second sermon in our series was our presence. You see, and it, is, it is in the Christian's DNA to be a part of a community. Certainly and very often, as you, we heard last week, I will encounter people who say to me, well, you know what, I do my own thing. I, 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 I practice my faith for myself and that does it and you know what I'm not going to say that exclusively that is that is uh, uh, untrue that can happen for some people however It is important to note that Jesus, the first thing he did in his public ministry was go out and gather a community, a small community, but it was a community of people to live out his faith with so that they may be trained to go out and create more communities of faith, to spread the gospel and to be an important witness to the gospel of Christ in and throughout the whole world. And so it is important for us to note our engagement with the community because it speaks more fully to our understanding of what our total mission is as a church which is yes to care for and grow in discipleship and in our relationship with God personally but also to make sure that others encounter the life transformative relationship with God that uh, each of us uh, has experienced. So today we come to What, as I said earlier, is not the most comfortable of of things for pastors to preach on, but we need to anyway, it is our gifts, our wallet, our money, if you will. How do we become, or how do we uh, best understand how stewardship of our wallets fits into a full understanding of our faith? And I did mention that our scripture for today is part of a a principle when when it comes to understanding how we properly understand stewardship as we learn it from the Bible. Because there's a problem when we go to one specific verse to take over all of what we understand about one theme of our faith. Certainly in our lives we hold on to a a, a verse or two that that speaks to us personally. For me, it's 2 Corinthians 12.9. That my grace is sufficient for you, for power is made perfect in weakness. For a lot of people, it's John three sixteen, uh, for God so love the world, etc., etc. Not to, etc., etc. Or yada yada, John three sixteen. But we all know that one. Or there's you know there's there's all of these verses that we can grab on and say you know well that's my that's my life verse. Or that's the verse that speaks uh, uh, more fully to me than any other verse. And those are fine. However. When we understand uh, faith, or at least something that is to be fully ingrained in our lives, we need to understand it more than just one verse. And so that's why when we understand stewardship, it's important to understand that it's a principle. That we really can't go to one verse or the other to fully understand what stewardship of our wallets Uh, means more fully and of course our scripture for this morning says that each one should have his gift in hand in precise measure with the blessing the lord your god gives you now in the old testament at least i understand this from when i was very young since uh i'm sorry from the point that i was very young that that tithing or our offerings our gifts should be 10 percent of of what we make, right? I mean, that's that that ten percent number is very common. I remember that remember that from when I was a very young child. That that tithing is that ten percent number, and and yeah, some people do less, some people do more, but ten percent is the goal. But you know what? It's we start to learn that that's not as we look at, at at tithing or or offering or gifts to God in the Old Testament. That's not universally true because it says each one should give. As they have been blessed by God to do so, Proverbs three nine. Which, when it comes to an understanding of stewardship of our wallets, is not necessarily the best book to go to. Uh, the verse that I, that uh, I think is most important to us is that uh, is uh, Proverbs three nine. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruit of all your crops. There's not a specific amount. There's not a specific uh, uh, fraction or percentage that we are to give. It's, it's to understand that, that God is to get our first and our best. See, there are many verses in Proverbs that says that say, if we do give, we will receive blessing in return, which is very touchy, which is uh, very iffy as far as uh, a theological understanding of how offering works offering is more a reflection of how we feel about god or how our relationship with god has matured us in our faith rather than than a measure of what it is god is going to give us in our lives and so i think we need to be very careful and an understanding of 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 this verse in proverbs points more fully to the biblical principle i think is important for us and then i've said this many times then there is jesus and I'm a Jesus guy, which I have shorthandedly defined as, as everything that that I run into in the faith is run through a lens of how Jesus understands uh, life to be, or or teachings that Jesus taught, or things that Jesus said. Everything that I understand about my faith, or that I encounter in my faith, is run through that lens. I see through that lens. How would Jesus react? And Jesus, when it came to the stewardship of our wallets, or when it came to understanding money in our, our lives, had some pretty strong feelings. I mean, one of the most prominent stories is Jesus turning over the tables in the temples, the tables of the money changers in the temples, which is indicative of Jesus having strong feelings towards those who would seek to profit from their connection to any community of faith. And I mean, not just have problems with, I mean, have severe anger issues. I mean, whips and turning over the tables and causing a ruckus. I mean, that was a pretty serious story from Scripture of Jesus dealing with how people understand how faith is supposed to work with their, their money or, or their wallets, things like that. So Jesus definitely does have some pretty strong feelings. But as far as contributing to the principle, we need to dig a little deeper. And, and of course, there's the story of the widow, widow's mite from Luke 21, which says, and I'll read this in full, Looking up, Jesus saw rich people throwing their gifts into the collection box for the temple treasury. He also saw a poor widow throw in two small copper coins worth a penny. He said, I assure you that this poor widow has put more in than them all. All of them are giving out of their spare change. But she, from her hopeless poverty, has given everything she had to live on. Which, of course, again speaks to the importance of where our relationship with God is and what we think we are being called by God to give, or at least what our hearts call out to us to give to God. because And the last sort of scripture I'll read to incorporate into our understanding of the biblical principle is the verse that I shared the very first week from Corinthians, which says, Everyone should give whatever they have decided in their heart. They shouldn't give with hesitation or because of pressure, because... God loves a cheerful giver. So yes, we know that as stewards of God's blessings in our lives, we should be giving back a portion of that to God. But it's really an issue of our heart that is the final determinative factor of what it is that we give. And when we think all about this particular subject. When we consider what it is good steward, what it is to be a good steward of that which God has given us, we need to take into consideration that to give and to, uh, to give to a point that it is meaningful in our lives is scary. It's scary. There's a fear to giving. There's a fear to our offerings to God. You know, we want to make sure in our own personal lives that we have enough to take care of our families and for our families to live on and to uh, exist on. You know, maybe, maybe there's something we really want. A, a, maybe it's, and I won't speak you know, from personal experience, but maybe there's something that I want that I really need in my life, a piece of electronic equipment or something that, uh, that you know what, I, I would like to set a little back for that thing that I want for myself rather than giving that back to god or maybe there's a question of how that offering is being used no is my money being used responsibly and for the glory of god possibly that is one of the questions and maybe one uh, uh, more question of pride but still an important question to ask or that is asked in this is is my gift even big enough to matter However, it is important to remember that stewardship of our gifts is also part of a full measure of our faith. That this issue doesn't just have to do with the the, point A, point B, point C of what it means or what it takes to be a Christian. It is a matter of our hearts and how, how our faith has affected our hearts. Are our hearts being turned more towards the things of God's heart? You know, as we go forth in our faith. Now I'm not saying, certainly, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that, lack, uh, that you lack faith if you don't tithe or you don't give, but I will say that there is room for you to have yet more faith in the God who is your creator and sustainer and redeemer. And you know, this isn't just a personal issue. Churches fall victim to this as well. The, the stewardship of the resources that they have. You know, churches fall victim to stumbling when it comes to issues of stewardship. You know, they'll ask, they'll say things like, you know, we can't start this new ministry. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's certainly nice. But you know what? Our roof may need fixed in the next few years. And so we need to hold back that money for that. Or we can't do, and this is this has, it's apropos of nothing, there's nothing connected to our personal experience in the here and now having to do with this particular statement. But, you know, we'll, as churches will say things like, well, we can't go forward with that particular building project because I remember when it was just me and the church mice in these pews. And so we need to make sure that we, we hold back before we give Fully to this thing. Now, maybe it's necessary, but you know what? I remember when times weren't so great. What it really comes down to is our faith. One summer, a drought threatened a small local community. Crops were being threatened. I mean, it was it was a mess. All the way around. And the local parson in the town gathered one Sunday morning and decided that this was, this was, that we needed to lay down the gauntlet when it came to faith. He said, There isn't anything that will save us except to pray for rain. Go home and pray, believe, and come back next Sunday prepared to praise God for the rain that God sent. So the people did as they were told and returned to church the following Sunday. But as soon as the parson saw them, he was furious. Furious. He said, We can't worship today. You all don't yet believe. But they protested, We prayed. We did everything you asked us to do. What more could we have done? The parson said, Believe? You think you believed? Well, Where are your umbrellas? Sometimes in the life of the church, the church isn't very good at having their umbrellas at the ready. It can be scary to step out into an unknown place. To step out into the unknown. But that's just an illustration of how important this is to understanding a full measure of our faith. Are we ready? Are we willing to trust God with everything down to our wallets? We can struggle with having the same faith we preach so mightily to others, but it can be tough to give God power over all our lives. And then there's John Wesley, who says a couple of things about this. He really encountered this this understanding of how difficult it is for us to hand over control of our whole beings to God. He said this, he said, the last part of a man to be converted is his wallet. But more broadly, he says, That it's important to the life of the community of faith because ultimately this is important to the glory of God. Because as I said earlier, money isn't ministry. It empowers ministry to a certain extent. John Wesley says this of our giving, of stewardship of our wallets. He says, earn all you can, save all you can, so that you may give all you can. Now you may think that's crazy, but he got that from Scripture. I mean if you look at the book of Acts, Acts. Now I love the book of Acts because we get the phrase for, for the early Christians, people of the way. And in many ways, I like that that moniker, that, that label more than I like the label Christian, because it suggests the ending. It says, people of the way, dot 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 of Christ. I love, I love that way to explain what it is, or I'm sorry, who it is we are. But John Wesley gets that idea from the book of Acts. What does the book of Acts say? Chapter 4, he says, The community of believers was one in heart and mind. None of them would say, this is mine, about any of their possessions. But they held everything in common. The apostles continued to bear witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and an abundance of grace was at work among them all. There were no needy persons among them. Those who owned properties or houses would sell them, bring the proceeds from the sales and place them in the care and authority of the apostles. Then it was distributed to anyone or anything that needed them. Now, As 21st century Americans, as pick-yourself-up-by-your-bootstrap Americans, as every man is responsible for their destiny Americans, that idea is hard for us. And I know. Additionally, I would say to you that I don't think that that is a part of the principle that we should understand when it comes to stewardship i just think it's important to note that that is in the bible and that at one point there were christians there were people of the way who considered that an important part of their faith or a full measure of their faith is to give all they had but then again we run up against corinthians where paul says god loves a cheerful giver and so ultimately, there's got to be a balance between, oh, you know what, I'm not willing to give God lordship over anything in my life, or I'm willing to give God lordship over everything, including not only my wallet, but everything that I have, that I have worked hard for in my life. That there's somewhere in there, there is that happy medium that God sa- that that's, we say, you know what, this is what I believe is a full measure of my faith. I can give this and still understand and be happy with the fact that I have given this to God. And so today, as we wrap up our... Sermon series on stewardship, and as we prepare to fill out our commitment cards for the next year, consider what it is what it means to tithe and to give our offerings from our wallets to God. I think it's important to ask these questions: What am I not doing? What should I be doing? And maybe most importantly, what can I be doing? Those questions have different answers based on who you are. But certainly, as we've heard this morning, an understanding of our complete faith lives needs to include an understanding of what it means to be good stewards of all the blessings God has given us, even those of our wallet. Now, I don't mean, my wife doesn't know that I'm saying this this morning, but but there's an aspect of my wife's life that has always amazed me, and at times it has been challenging for me no offense, my love, wherever she is, but uh, it's been challenging me, but it has stretched me and helped me to understand my faith a little better or an important part of my faith a little better. We have been in the ministry as a family for 10 years. She's been in it for a, a large part of her life, and, and early on in our marriage, early on in the ministry, I was a student. We had three children. There was no extra room in our budget for really anything, but uh, my wife has a big heart and a better understanding of expanding yourself to include um, a little more stewardship over your wallet than than I even have in my life. But there were plenty of times where she would come home and say, you know, I I, I ran into this person at Walmart or I ran into this person at work and, and they were just, they had nothing. And you know what, I know that we have these bills coming due. I know that, that we've been tight lately, but but I just couldn't walk away without having done something. And I know that's very general, but honestly there are just more than a handful of examples of that in my, in my, in my life. And she has taught me so much about what it means to give maybe past your comfort level to, uh, to a more... Uh, fuller understanding of, of how our faith affects our lives, transforms our hearts, and, uh, and leads us more into a better place where we get to answer these questions. And as you leave today, please ask yourselves these questions. What am I not doing? What should I be doing? What can I be doing? Because the church. Hopefully it is a place where we can learn about and connect with our stories so that we can share our stories. Hopefully it is a place where we can come and seek solace and worship God and give glory to Him in this place and also be an outpost for the gospel of His Son so that others can come and find a transformative relationship with God. And hopefully it is a place where we understand that every portion of our life, even our wallets, is subject to transformation by the God who is our creator, our sustainer, and our redeemer. Thanks be to Him for all of it. And thanks be to Him for these challenging, but hopefully